Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective each weekday at 11 a.m. here on the Big X. And if you missed the live show, we're available as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. Great weekend overall. Lots of football from high school on Friday night, college on Saturday, and of course, NFL on Sunday, Hoosier Hysteria on Saturday afternoon as well. I had the Harvest Hoop Fest 3-on-3 tournament, which was really awesome as far as competition and just atmosphere, environment that it created, bringing some outdoor basketball back to southern Indiana. So we're going to talk about all that and more, but I think what I want to start with is this. Um, Not a good day for IU football, not a good night on Saturday for IU football, Uh, not a good performance, the offense Dismal. I mean, I had no belief in this team right now that they were going to go to Penn State and win the ball game. I really, in my heart of hearts, did not think that they would be very competitive in the ball game. But to get shut out, to not have a field goal, to not have one touchdown in the game, I think is a reason for lots of concern, which we kind of have seen building uh, with this Indiana team, whether it's been in their two wins or their losses. Uh, there have been some concerning moments along the way. Now Michael Penix, uh, who left the game on Saturday with an injury, we'll find out more, I think, maybe during this show about his status. So that is concerning as well. But others think it's time for a QB change regardless. Uh, This team has a bye week. And, uh, boy, I can't think of a team in the Big Ten or college football that uh, needs a bye week as much as this IU football program does right now. And I do know, and I do think it's it's uh, right up front we recognize that Indiana, and this has been said going into the season, even when there was a lot of hope and hype around IU football, they've got an extremely tough schedule this season. There is no question about that. Now, There could be some openings for some relief a little bit later in the schedule, but not a lot because teams like Michigan State uh, continue to perform well. Michigan is playing well and maybe is better than what uh, we thought they would be heading into the season. So a tough, tough schedule for IU has really gotten tougher as the season has began because some of the teams that maybe we thought would not be as good are better, and Indiana and Michael Penix and so many others are just not performing up to the level that I think we expected them to do so, especially at this point of the season. So, tough day for IU football. I'd love to know your thoughts on IU. Do you still have hope that this team is going to be fairly successful when you look back at the overall win-loss record and bowl eligibility later this season? Have you given up hope? Have you thrown in the towel? Uh, We'll take your text today. I'd love to hear from you specifically on this topic and get a feel 
for what the football listenership, and we don't do as much football on this show as basketball. That's very clear if you listen every day. Uh, but I'd love to know what you think about IU football. 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line, so love to hear from you there. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment, we have our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU in Southern Indiana sports news. We'll start with Hoosier Hysteria. Here in just a moment, we'll get into a little bit more as far as the college football, the Big Ten goes as well, and we'll catch up on high school football on Friday night. There were some big games, and New Albany with a win over Jeffersonville. They have control now, potentially, I better say that, potentially, of the Hoosier Hills Conference, uh, but some big conference games coming up the rest of the way. We'll see if New Albany can hold on and win a Hoosier Hills Conference championship for the first time in many, many years. That would be for New Albany, but still a lot of football to be played. So we'll discuss that and more here in the opening segment. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. And if I've got my stuff straight, Zach right now is in a Tom Allen press conference. So when Zach joins us a little bit later here in the hour, we should know more on Pennix and just the overall situation uh, for this IU football team, who, again, has a bye week it, mentally and physically, injury-wise, probably a really, really good time for this off week to happen uh, for IU football. They'll continue to practice, obviously, but things will be uh, slowed down just a bit to allow some recovery time. And again, there are a number of nicks and bruises and injuries that this team has to deal with moving uh, forward the rest of the season. So we'll catch up uh, with Zach on that. And of course, we got to talk Hoosier hysteria with Zach as well. We'll talk about some of the big moments. Not a lot of excitement on the basketball court Saturday because there was not a scrimmage, uh, which was, I know, a big disappointment to many, many fans that were there. I had a lot of text about that on on Saturday, personal text to me. and uh, But Indiana kind of dinged up for various reasons right now. A number of players unavailable for uh, an up-and-down scrimmage of sorts. So uh, that did not happen at Hoosier Hysteria. But we'll still cover some of the big moments. Isaiah Thomas I thought was awesome uh, on Saturday with what he had to say to the Hoosier fans in attendance. I thought the fan base, the turnout was pretty good. Good day for recruiting, it seems like, as well. We're starting to uh, see some of those players that were there on Saturday, tweet things out and post some photos and things like that on their social media accounts. And Hoosier Hysteria, always a big day for recruiting. So we'll discuss that a little bit later as well. Then finally today, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director and former basketball coach here in the area. He'll join us as we talk uh, high school football today. We'll uh, recap the Harvest Hoop Fest 3x3 tournament uh, that took place over the weekend. It was a really, really cool event tied in with Harvest Homecoming and uh, staged by Floyd County Parks and Recreation. It was so fun to be part of that, so we'll discuss that and more with Chad when he's with us a little bit later talking local sports here on this Monday show. That's the show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into the Zaxby's headlines, and before we do that, a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open, 502 414 
1450. Send your question, comment, love to know specifically what you think about IU football at this juncture of the season. Again, that text line number is 502-414-1450. We'll take your comments. We'll read them on the air. Uh, As we have time, we'll also uh, maybe if you give me a good topic or subject or question, we'll work your thoughts in for Zach Osterman coming up or Chad Gilbert even later in the program here on this Monday edition. Don't forget the Thorntons is your perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and, of course, their delicious donuts, all available at your local Thorntons and, of course, so many of them here across southern Indiana and the Kentuckiana area. All right, Zaxby's headlines for this Monday edition. We start with uh, Hoosier Hysteria. As far as on the court goes, uh, Trace Jackson Davis won the slam dunk contest. He had a tomahawk-like dunk, but, it, but where he launched off from near the free throw line uh, to win that contest. The uh, three-point contest was won by the men's-women combo of Parker Stewart and Grace Berger. Of course, Parker, a new face somewhat for IU basketball as far as being out on the floor, and we've heard good things about his shooting abilities, which is a welcome addition to this team based on what we've seen in recent years. And Grace Berger, who had a great career across the river in Louisville, she's actually a local player, lots of family connections here in southern Indiana. No surprise that she's the top shooter of the event from the women's side. And so the duo of uh, Parker Stewart, Grace Berger, they win the three-point contest had a, had a final score in that final round of 32 made three-pointers, which was pretty impressive there as well. Also, the other contest uh, over the weekend, let's see here. Uh, I'm missing it here. I had it in front of me, but another. Oh, Rob Finnessy and Mackenzie Holmes from the women's team. Uh, she joined Rob Finnessy to team up and win the skills competition. So those are your skill, uh, skill competition, three-point contest, slam dunk winners, uh, that uh, that came in from Hoosier Hysteria on Saturday. And again, no scrimmage. I was watching from my phone. I was uh, was trying to uh, MC or host the Harvest Homecoming Parade downtown New Albany with Vernon Niemeyer on Saturday afternoon, which was also a lot of fun. It kicks off a really great time of year here locally with festivals and other things in southern Indiana. But I was trying to keep an eye on things from my phone, watching on Big Ten Plus, and Big disappointment, I know, to not see a scrimmage, but uh, Coach Woodson taking to the mic and uh, letting fans know that that would not happen and why. But those were some of the the highlights from on the court over the weekend. We'll talk about Isaiah Thomas and others recruiting with Zach Osterman coming up in the next segment as well. Also, locally over the weekend, uh, New Albany beating Jeff was probably the highlight of high school football as far as a big game. I, I stopped by just for a moment on Friday night, it was uh, the start of the second half, and New Albany was up by maybe two touchdowns at that point of the game, uh, and it was a tremendous crowd. That That's what was great to see. The bleachers at Burkefield and New Albany were packed, and all the time, you know, I'm just telling you, we don't see great crowds all the time for high school football like we do for basketball, for the most part, in other sports. So it was great to see a really, really good crowd for that New Albany-Jeff football game on Friday night. Floyd Central had a really big win, I thought, uh, over the weekend against Bedford. But the game of the week, as far as the performance of the week, how about the Providence Pioneers? They were down 14 points at halftime, uh, were able to rally back and score uh, and hold Milan scoreless to win 35-21 in that contest 
on Friday night. So a big win for Providence, uh, playing better football here as they head to the back few games of the season. But uh, to hold Milan scoreless and then score uh, plenty themselves in the second half and go on to take the lead and then get the victory, big stuff for Providence on Friday night. We are getting closer to the start of football postseason. We'll have the pairings very soon from Indianapolis. In fact, speaking of pairings, Volleyball had their sectional draw last night, so it was interesting to take a look at some of the local sectionals and see what teams locally could be set up maybe to make a run into the state tournament and represent our immediate area. It goes without saying how good volleyball has been here in the area the last number of years, and I think we expect to have some teams make deep runs once again uh, in the state tournament this year. And again, speaking of fall sports and sectionals, this week and the following week, really, really big as far as sectionals go. This week is jam-packed in with lots of postseason activity across so many different sports as well. Uh, so a lot of high school sports coming up this week. And, of course, football, just a couple weeks of regular season play left, and then they will be ready for the start of their football season or their postseason as well. Final thing I want to cover here in the opening segment, Harvest Hoop Fest three-on-three tournament. It was Saturday afternoon. Really, it was all day Saturday. It began at 9 a.m. at Kevin Hammersmith Memorial Park in New Albany, right behind Northside Christian Church. 37 teams, I think it was, for the first ever tournament. It was part of Harvest Homecoming, also put on by Floyd County Parks and Recreation. I was great to be involved. It was awesome to be involved with that event. Uh, the championship team in the uh, in the men's division, David Scott entry is called Dave's World, and uh, he had I'll give you the names from that group a little bit later, but he had the championship team. Uh, David Scott, of course, kind of a legendary player here in Southern Indiana, played at Graceland Christian, and then went on to play in college, and went on to have such a long successful overseas career as well he was unable to play so he he was able to recruit a really good replacement in his uh, spot and they were able to win B.J. Flynn had a team they were actually undefeated and had to forfeit in the championship game uh, due to some conflicts and players having to leave but B.J.'s team was really good he had Antonio Ballard from Jeffersonville who's still playing professionally and playing at a fairly high level he was in France last season during the pandemic and he is a man-child. He is still in great shape and still a really, really good basketball player. It was great to catch up with Antonio on Saturday. But those two teams, definitely the class of the mix. It was an 11-team uh, open division as far as the men's go. High school division as well. Uh, there were some teams there. You had great turnout in the middle school divisions. There was a 7th and 8th grade division, a 5th and 6th grade division as well. We even had some girls teams at the 7th and 8th grade levels as well. So a great turnout for a first-year event. And we'll talk with Chad Gilbert a little later in the program about this, but it was just great to have basketball outside. You know, years ago when I was a kid, uh, three-on-three basketball was huge. The uh, sh- sh- uh, street showdown or the, uh, the the street ball showdown, I guess, was the name over in Louisville. It, it started small and then it just multiplied and multiplied and became such a big event. Three-on-three basketball then kind of died off. P- kids don't want to play outside, it seems, anymore. But recently, there have been a lot of improved basketball courts here 
in the area, especially in southern Indiana. Jeffersonville redid some courts a number of years ago. They named him after some former Jeff players, including Mr. Basketball Mike Flynn. Uh, New Albany recently, Floyd County Parks and Recreation, building Romeo Langford Court, and then Phillips Pavilion Court with a covering over it at Kevin Hammersmith Park. That followed. Community Park still has pretty nice outdoor courts, and you want to talk about history of outdoor hoops. Community Parks may have as much as any court in the area does. Even Doug Wilberton, who produces this show, his family had a court in Clarksville that so many great players on had lights that his father put up that they could play underneath into the evening. So it was awesome knowing the history of outdoor basketball and how important it used to be to our area. It was great to see kids of all ages, including, again, middle school, high school, even adults, uh, back playing competitive basketball. Again, we did have officials. I want to say that. I was not going to put a tournament on where you call your own fouls because that's just the recipe, in my opinion, for disaster. But we had great officials, a lot of great help and volunteers to uh, step up and, and answer the call. But just a super day of basketball. It was 50 bucks a team to get in the tournament. Uh, so, you know, twelve fifty a player. It was a great deal. Thanks to the Floyd County Parks and Recreation Department for allowing that to happen. But just a super day, outdoor basketball, part of Harvest Homecoming. Uh, lets you know the high school season, the college season is just around the corner as we begin to get a little bit cooler weather. Still not really fall just yet here in the area. But an awesome day on Saturday, and we'll recognize some of the winners as the week goes on. But I wanted to give a shout-out to everyone involved and helping put that event together. I think it's something that's really going to grow and become a signature piece for our basketball landscape here in southern Indiana. We'll head to a commercial break. Uh, We'll be back with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk IU football, which I know is a negative topic to bring up today, but we've got to do it. Indiana shutout at Penn State. We'll discuss that. We'll get into Hoosier hysteria. We'll talk about some of the big moments there. And with no scrimmage, I thought some of the cooler moments were – what Mike Woodson had to say, and also Isaiah Thomas uh, stepping up, getting really actually emotional as well in his address to the crowd at Hoosier Hysteria. So we'll cover all that. We'll talk about recruiting and more with Zach Osterman. And still ahead, Chad Gilbert. Chad is a athletic director at Charlestown High School, former coach in the area. We'll talk local sports and more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. Zach Osterman of the Indy Star, my guest. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. And, Zach, let's start with IU football and then work our way back around to basketball and Hoosier hysteria, both of those events taking place on Saturday. IU football, Zach, shut out on the road. I think this IU team is at a real scary moment, and a bye week is going to be something uh, very big for them, both physically with some injuries and mentally as well. And I don't know if we have Zach with us or not. Zach, are you there? Can you hear me? We'll try to reconnect with Zach Osterman here in just a moment and talk 
IU football and basketball. Let's see if we can uh, get Zach back on the line here. And I think, Zach, we have you now. Yes. Sorry, I just had my mute button on. Um, I didn't realize I turned it on. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think particularly offensively, I, I hate the phrase total reset. You know, there's really no such thing. You can't sort of completely disassemble the plane while you're flying it. Um much less rebuild it in, in that case. But I think, you know, I think that, that Indiana is frankly going to be forced into some, um, some, some frank conversations about its direction in, on that side of the ball in the next couple of weeks. Michael Penix, we know is now week to week with a, an AC separation of the joint in his throwing shoulder. Um, for the moment, Indiana does not believe he will need surgery. And, you know, you can go down any number of rabbit holes on the internet about how long this sort of injury takes to heal, but it's, it's typically, I think at least three to four weeks. So I, I think there's a, a very good chance we're going to be seeing some Jack Tuttle in the next couple games for Indiana. Um, you've also got Tim Baldwin in the transfer portal, which on its own, I don't think is a, a horrible blow, but you know, weakens depth at, at running back even further and, and just more broadly, um, I don't think the sky is falling, but it's clear that Indiana is not where it needs to be offensively right now. And I don't think anyone would dispute that. I don't think Tom Allen or Nick Sheridan would dispute that. And now you're going to kind of be um, forced into a rethink in terms of where you distribute your snaps at running back. You're going to probably want these, these next couple of weeks to really hammer down on improvement along the offensive line. And you're, you're potentially going to be getting Jack Tuttle ready for at least one, maybe two, uh, maybe more. Big Ten games, so in a, a frankly a crucial stretch coming up these next three or four weeks for Indiana, three or four game weeks. So the point is, I think the bye week uh, probably could not have been better timed for all these different reasons, and it's really going to be on Indiana what it makes of it at this point. Zach, uh, some news this morning that uh, IU running back Tim Baldwin has entered the transfer portal. Any surprise about that? I'm sure it was a surprise, and any word on what's going on behind the scenes that would cause him mid-season uh, to uh, put his name in that portal? Yeah, Alan wouldn't really elaborate when, when we asked him about that in his, his Monday morning Zoom call. Um, it's the bye week, so we don't do sort of the same comprehensive media availability. Uh, and that's, that's normal. That's, that's not uncommon. In fact, I'm, I'm not even completely sure Alan would have done this Zoom call if it hadn't been for Penix's injury and, and wanting to get out in front of announcing that um typically during the bye week indiana turns the volume down for a variety of reasons a lot of coaches are out of town and things like that on recruiting trips but um you know i, I think it, alan basically just sort of said you'd have to ask baldwin about that i i think we can probably safely presume that it's it's you know it's a handful of things it's, it's feeling like you know indiana i think baldwin was being double or uh basically I think it was about one-fourth of the carries Stephen Carr was getting. It was clear that Indiana had greater trust in other backs, including some walk-ons and pass protection situations. Um, obviously, from Indiana's perspective, um, you know, there have been a couple of key fumbles. Not that not that Indiana cut him or, or that you just, you know, a running back fumbling the ball is, is maybe reason just to sort of say, oh, well, move on. But I, I think that the point is, uh, you sort of wondered if, if basically just, you know, Indiana was going to feel like it was moving in another direction at running back. 
Um, you know, obviously it's, it's always surprising to see somebody leave mid season, even in the portal era, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit surprising, but it's not, it doesn't happen. And, um, you know, it's, it's worth pointing out Indiana's not turning to a quarterback who, uh, put his name into the portal and announced his decision to transfer mid season in his freshman season at Utah and Jack Tuttle. And, and I don't think anybody should think less of Tuttle for that. And I don't think anybody should think less of Tim Baldwin. You just kind of got to do what you feel is, is best for you and your future and your career. Um, and again, I, I think. And Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star. I'm not sure. Maybe we've lost him again, but uh, we'll try to reconnect with Zach here and, in just a moment, uh, we're going to go to the Thornton's text line when Zach returns. We've got a question there for him about the quarterback situation with Michael Penix's injury, so we'll try to get Zach back on the line here in just a moment. But obviously a tough loss for Indiana. You do wonder, uh, obviously we know about some of the injuries, but you do wonder what is the locker room like after a loss like that and with this disappointing really start to the season. And uh, so, obviously, some tough moments, that's for sure. Going to try to reconnect with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. We'll still talk some Hoosier hysteria with him in just a moment. And I believe Zach is back with us. Zach, we lost you again. Yeah, sorry. The first time I just – my fat fingers hitting the mute button. second time I I can hear you fine. I'm not sure what was going on on my end. But, no, I think just, just, you know, finishing up on Baldwin, I mean, from Indiana's perspective – uh, you never want to lose that depth. And it's also worth saying Stephen Carr only has this one last season in college. You know, this is his COVID allowed fifth season. So Baldwin projected to be kind of your experienced hand at running back next year. Now he's, uh, you know, moving out the door as well. So you're, that's going to be a really young running back room if you don't dip into the portal again um, in, in 2022. But for the moment, um, I think it's, it's, going to challenge Indiana's depth, but really what it's going to do is it's going to challenge some other guys to, to step up, a guy like David Holloman, certainly some walk-ons. Um, if, if he can get healthy, uh, Trent Howland, who's another freshman who, who basically brought a, an injury in from high school, and I think the expectation is, has been that um, it's, it's more likely than not he won't be able to play this season. Uh, but if he can, then obviously Indiana may give him some opportunities as well. Zach Osterman, Indy Star, my guest for Talking IU Football. Zach, I want to go to the Thornton's text line. I got a couple of good questions from listeners. This question comes from Brad Kruer, who describes himself as a diehard IU football fan. He says, what does Penix's injury mean for the QB situation? Your thoughts on where Indiana goes from here? I know we don't know about his the specifics of his injury, Zach, just yet uh, as far as a timeline, but w- what does this do for the QB situation? Yeah, well, again, I, I think – I think there's, you know, it, it, it. I think we're going to see Jack Tuttle for at least a couple games here, and I think number one, the, the the good news for Indiana, if you want to say it, is Tuttle's been around a while, and number two, he was getting the vast majority of the sort of live eleven on eleven snaps through uh, the off season because Penix was rehabbing and Penix could be involved in certain things, and as he got healthier, obviously he could be involved in more. But Tuttle was basically QB1 through the spring and summer while Penix rehabbed his knee injury. So, you know, the familiarity, the chemistry with his receivers, those things should not be a problem. I think the offense probably does change a little bit. I think Tuttle is, I don't want to say more athletic than Penix, but maybe more mobile in some respects, a little bit more comfortable getting out into the open field, especially 
because you do feel like when Penix ducks and runs, he, he is thinking about making sure he protects his knee, which you understand. I think that's perfectly sensible. Um, I think Tuttle is, is maybe a little bit more comfortable with some of the short and intermediate throws at times uh, than Penix is. I don't think he can necessarily stretch the field quite as well as Penix can with his arm. And, and to be fair, when Penix is throwing the ball well, there aren't a lot of quarterbacks in the Big Ten who can. Um, so I think you, you, you do alter the offense a little bit, but I think the, the good news, if you're Indiana and you're looking for a silver lining, is Nick Sheridan and Jack Tuttle have spent a lot of time together, you know, kind of on the same page or getting on the same page at times when Indiana was going through scrimmage situations in the spring, going through off-season workouts, whatever it might be. Um, I'm not saying there's a, just a separate playbook on the shelf somewhere, you know, figuratively speaking for Jack Tuttle, but Nick Sheridan isn't going to be sitting there thinking, okay, well, what does Jack like or, or what can Jack do or, you know, what is Jack most comfortable with? He's going to know those things. And, and he's also going to know that Tuttle is a, you know, a, a redshirt junior who is got enough experience at the college level that he's, you know, he can be relied upon not to make a ton of mistakes and, you know, just generally to be kind of an even hand at the wheel. And I think if you're Indiana, that's, that's the most you can ask for from a, a backup quarterback. Again, heading into a stretch that it's worth saying, um, you know, these next three weeks in particular, um, and, and maybe even these next five weeks, I'm talking about game weeks, not bye week, but game weeks are going to be incredibly important for Indiana, you know, just in terms of you, you've got some winnable games here, some games that can kind of get your season back on Back on its course a little bit, um, but you need to be able – that offense is just – it's got to get better. I mean, it's, it's got to get more reliable. It's got to get more consistent. The defense is there. I would argue, broadly speaking, the block field goal over the weekend, notwithstanding the field goal – or the, the special teams are there. The offense has got to rise to meet them. Another question from the Thornton's text line. This is from A. Wren. Do you think the football, with the recent football play and the losses, will this affect the future recruiting commits? I mean, obviously there will always be an element of that in recruiting. I think, you know, anybody who – I certainly also think that any recruit who jumped on board just because they thought IU was a, you know, a sudden Big Ten power was probably bound to be disappointed at some point anyway. Um, there's never not going to be, you know, and, and it's not just about the guys that maybe are committed now or the guys I use targeting, you know, you're also thinking too about guys who might come, might wind up sticking with Indiana signing then come in and decide eh, maybe not for me and transferring. There's always going to be some of that turnover. Um, you know, if, if, if reading between the lines, this is largely about Caden Curry. I think it's really hard to say how that's, that's going to affect him. But I think that, by and large, I, I think that probably Indiana's message is still going to hold pretty firm and, and play pretty true with a lot of kids. And in my experience in recruiting and especially in football recruiting, you know, kids tend to really value relationships more and they tend to value sort of the, you know, the, the, the path in terms of a career path that coaches can map out for them more because they tend to sort of say, well, if, if I believe in this coach, if I trust him, if I have that bond with him, and his staff and his players and his program, I'm confident enough in myself that I can come in and make the difference and, and that we'll be even better when I'm there. So, I mean, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's going to have no effect. I'd also say too, 
you know, if Indiana can get some things together in the bye week and win, you know, three of these next four or even three of these next five, then we're talking about a team that's five and five going into Minnesota and Purdue and, and very much in control of its own destiny in terms of getting to a, a third straight bowl game. And then I don't think you feel like a lot of that momentum has been wasted. So I think you have to kind of get deeper into the season to know exactly where, you know, kind of exactly what course Indiana's season is on. I just I don't think that maybe two or three losses are going to just absolutely stunt that kind of momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, my guess. Got to get some basketball in. Hoosier hysteria Saturday afternoon before the football game. The big disappointment there was no scrimmage. Coach Woodson saying just too many players unavailable to do that right now. Well, and you also, you know, one thing I, I always feel like when the, the scrimmage happens too is, you know, these, these guys, unless the rule has changed, and I think we may have talked about this this last week, unless the rule has changed, you have to use one of your allowed preseason practice days for Hoosier Hysteria because you're only allowed a certain number of practice days across the, the 42 days before your first game. And therefore, teams nearly always practice before these events, you know, hold full practices. And so when you get into those scrimmage situations, guys are, are tired. They're probably not going full speed. They've already really, you know, their maximum effort, their best effort has already kind of been applied somewhere else for the day. And so I think, um, you know, let's get deeper into the, the, the preseason and see if there are still concerns about guys' availability. But without wanting to be too flippant, because I know fans, I know this event's important for fans, and maybe this year – more so than most because they haven't been in for a while and because it's a new coach and wanting to try and get a look at kind of where this team is. Um, you know, that not getting the scrimmage, I get why it's a disappointment for fans, but I certainly don't think it's a red flag yet um, in terms of kind of where Indiana is, you know, physically and health-wise going through preseason. Any takeaways, your, your key moments from Hoosier Hysteria, things you noticed, things that caught your eye knowing this season is just around the corner? So I, I will offer full disclosure here because I, I don't want to BS my way through it. I actually wasn't there. I was at a funeral on Saturday. I didn't make it to the Penn State game or Hoosier Hysteria. I had a, few, a funeral for a friend who passed uh, some time ago, but we obviously weren't able to get together just due to COVID and things like that. So um, it was interesting to me to see Parker Stewart and I think Xavier Johnson both in the, the three-point final. Now, listen, I'm the guy that sat there and charted three-point shooting numbers at Hoosier Hysteria and the three-point shooting contest and said, oh, maybe maybe this means Indiana's going to be better shooting the three this year. And then it really aggressively did not. Um, but I think what's, what's interesting about seeing Stewart there is that's a guy that, you know, basically we're at this point where you feel like the, the central question for Indiana is can they shoot the ball. They should be good defensively. They're deep in a lot of the places you'd want to be deep. As long as they stay healthy, they're experienced. They seem to be embracing Mike Woodson's concepts and his philosophy really well. Excuse me, really well. The question is just, is it going to work if they can't shoot the ball? And if they can, who's going to do it? Parker Stewart is one of the key guys there. And, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's maybe the key guy, but he's certainly one of – two or three alongside, you know, maybe Tamar Bates, Anthony Leal, maybe one or two others. If you're Indiana, you want, you want to know, you want to hear, you want to see Parker Stewart as a force behind a three-point line. So that was one thing that caught my eye, but I also don't want to stand here and just 
tell all sorts of lies. Forgive me. I was uh, otherwise occupied on Saturday. Totally understand. Zach Osterman, my guest. I know looking from afar, and I was doing the same watching on my phone or trying my best to watch on my phone, uh, I thought the Isaiah uh, Thomas moment was very special. He clearly is emotionally involved in this program and has a very, very deep connection to Mike Woodson when the two were players at IU. I thought he, whether it was the speech that we got to hear, the -the behind-the-scenes photos with recruits, uh, was a big, big part of the night. And you wonder uh, how often he will be around now that Coach Woodson is at the helm at games and other things moving forward. You know, I have been as as – front of the line as anybody for many years in terms of telling, you know, sort of saying Indiana can't just lean into its past. Like, you know, Indiana has got to do more than lean into um, its own history and, 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 you know, be kind of braver or bolder going forward or whatever you want to say. But I think the, the one thing I would say, uh, and, and I don't know if it is, it disproves people like me or, or maybe, maybe what it has suggested is that, we were kind of seeing the argument the wrong way or from the wrong angle. The one thing I would say is I think a a not insignificant part of what has given Mike Woodson this early momentum is um, the, just the sense that there is kind of this united program behind him. And I don't just mean Scott Dolson and, you know, Thad Mata and, and all the people that work in Cook Hall. I mean, just kind of the, the, the full weight and force of IU basketball as an institution. And I think that the program has tried to have that behind some previous coaches, and there maybe have been some moments when they were close to it or closer to it or, or maybe even approximate to where it is now, but I don't think it has ever been quite as unreserved, certainly not in the post-Bob Knight era that I've, that I've been there to observe. So basically all but about the first, I guess, five years of the post-Knight era. I don't think it has ever been as sort of total as it is right now. And I think, I just think that, I don't think that alone is going to win Indiana games, get Indiana recruits, whatever. But I do think that when you see things like that and and you see just kind of how sort of unreserved guys seem to be in terms of getting back in and saying, you know, we're going to be part of the solution to this and, and we're going to, we're not just going to support the program, but we're going to actively work to help it. But then at the same time, also, too, I think at some level, having an alumnus in the job that you, you feel pretty sure is going to be comfortable when somebody starts overstepping the boundary, however that may be, saying, listen, you, I'm telling you to stop. You know, I, I don't think there are many alumni uh, in the IU basketball sort of annals that would look at Mike Woodson and, and not in that moment be like, okay, fair enough. You know, I'll, I'll listen to you. Um, it's going to be interesting just to see how that affects. When a guy like Isaiah Thomas is involved at that level, I, I wouldn't – I mean, I'd be shocked if he's, you know, kind of the last one. I think there have been suggestions that IU may see Bob Knight around more this season. Um, at games and things, we'll see if that happens. But for a long time, people, including me, have been telling Indiana that this, this is not the way to, to go. This is not the way to do it. And – I'm not saying we've been proven wrong. I do just maybe wonder if we have been framing the debate poorly Um, because I do think at least in these early stages here, the, the sort of energy that Indiana is getting from alumni like Isaiah Thomas 
is helpful and, and is is kind of pushing this program on in a way that I, I, you know, just to be quite frank, would not have expected. Yeah, no question about it. Zach Osterman, the Indy Star, great stuff on IU football. Of course, a bad loss for the football team and Hoosier hysteria as well. Zach, thanks for being with us on this Monday show. We'll catch up next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. We'll head to our final commercial break. We'll come back with Chad Gilbert, athletic director at Charlestown High School. We'll talk local sports, high school football, moving to the last few weeks of the regular season. New Albany, Floyd Central, Providence, all with big wins on Friday night. We'll discuss those. The Harvest Hoop Fest 3-on-3 tournament was a great hit locally on Saturday. And much more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And don't forget the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. You can send in your questions or comments, and we'll get them on the air during this program today. Here's Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, former coach at Jeff, also an IHSA executive board member. He joins me Mondays as we talk local sports. And, Chad, as we look back on the weekend, from a local perspective, a very busy time. We had high school football highlighting the slate on Friday, lots of football throughout the weekend at the college and professional level, and even some fall basketball outdoors taking you back to your day when Chad Gilbert was coming up through the ranks at Charlestown High School and three-on-three basketball was was the big stuff. Man, let's talk a little about three-on-three. First of all, kudos to you for getting this thing rolling again. That is something that uh, some of the best memories I've had playing sports have taken place on outdoor three-on-three. Some friendships I've made have taken place outdoors three-on-threes. If you remember back when, the streetball showdown was always – a cornerstone in the summer for Southern Indiana, Louisville area. But throughout Indiana, Matt, they had Gus Macker tournaments. And the Gus Mackers, you could play in Indianapolis, you could play in Lafayette, you could play in Muncie. And different times of the year, it depends on who you run across is who you would play against. So it was almost a point that you would almost have guys from your team from Lafayette, so you could play in the Lafayette tournament. You have a place to stay in Muncie, so you could stay playing the Muncie tournament. You have a place to stay in Indianapolis, so you play in the Indianapolis tournament. And a lot of fun goes into that, but a lot of uh, relationships are built. Now let's go back to a coaching standpoint. If I'm wanting to get my kids a ball in their hand, just like conditioning, you know, the days of running sprints and all that stuff, I mean, that's that's not how you do it. You do conditioning with a ball in your hand. You get your conditioning while you're working with the basketball, while you're working your dribbling, while you're working the passing. The same thing in three-on-three. The less people that are out there with one ball, the more opportunity it is for a kid to work in his skill work. So what I'm saying by that, man, if you're playing five-on-five and you're running up and down the court 
and you've got a dominant point guard who's shooting all the shots or dribbling in the lane, shooting layups, or a guy who's just passing it to one person on the team, there's three other guys not getting many touches. But in three-on-three, you are forced to get touches. You are able to work on what they call it now, Matt, is small-sided games, short-sided games. It's on the short side of the court. You know, you're working three-on-three. You can work on down screen. You can work on post speed. You can work on pick and roll, pass, pick away. You can work on uh, pass and player. There's so much you can tie into that one that I'm not sure during limited contact if I wouldn't have some sort of three-on-three league going to kind of work on my kids' skill set. Now, that being said, I would show them different options that they have to do on that one. It could be a UCLA cut. It could be a give-and-go. There's so many things you can do, and there's strategy involved in that that I think as a coach, one, you're teaching your kids how to play. And two, as a player, you're learning how to play, and you can take that same skill set into outdoor three-on-threes, which I'm hoping that the event you ran this weekend is kind of a jump start to get those things going again. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. We'll see some others uh, come up here in the near future. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, uh, lots of old-school faces out there. B.J. Flynn, the former Jeffersonville standout. He had a squad together. Antonio Ballard from uh, the younger generation of Jeffersonville players joined him. Uh, David Scott could not play. I understand he was injured but had a team in with some local faces. Uh, And just a number of players, if you really dissect the rosters, that in their day played high school basketball. And I'm talking about the men's open division. There obviously were younger divisions as well. But the crowd was great. The facilities were great. Chad, no coaches. Yeah, there were some parents that just had to coach from the sidelines, and that's just part of it. But open play for players of all ages to learn the game, to get a feel for the game, to figure out how to move. And I think three-on-three is a great thing even for our youth, and you touched on that already. Matt, first off, you just named three Southern Indiana legends. And let's talk about that real quick. B.J. Flynn, you were talking about a competitor. He's going to try to fight you tooth and nail if you're playing three-on-three or checkers. So, you know, B.J.'s out there trying to compete and win. David Scott still playing is nothing short of remarkable. David's got to be pushing uh, 52. And if you look at him, you'd never guess that. You know, that's – that's how involved he still is in the in the game of teaching kids, still working on his game. I, I think he still plays pickup, still organizes pickup games. So for him to be out there, and, and you want to talk about somebody who was a master of the three on three, David Scott was as good as they come. And then you talk about Antonio Ballard. Antonio Ballard, man, was off the radar, no one's radar until his senior year. Goes up at the top forty, working. You know, they, they say the All Star teams picked Antonio Ballard catches an alley oop reverse dunk, first player the. Uh, top 40 workout and makes the all-star team, you know, and goes to Miami of Ohio and has an outstanding career. And now has played in professionally 15 years overseas. So kudos to Antonio Ballard, who's someone who's that's kind of under the radar. That is one of Southern Indiana's, you know, all time best players to ever do it. Yeah, no question. Chad only got a couple minutes left. I want to get to football really quick. First off, uh, we got to start with Charlestown, your school. They've won five in a row or playing some really good football right now, headed into the last few weeks. Well, Matt, we're excited about it. You know, we we got our first two ones behind us with Silver Creek and Brownstown. Those are we have an opportunity. We may run across Brownstown again in the sectional. We play Salem this week. We hope to have a great crowd, great weather. Salem's no joke. Uh, Salem uh, has they had the Kroger game against Silver Creek. They lost against Brownstown. They are very very good. So we're going to see where we're at this week. Uh, we wrap our season up with Eastern. 
So we got an opportunity to have a really good season this year. And uh, kudos to Coach Hawkins for getting the troops together and rallying around here and getting five in a row. Yeah, no question. Chad, uh, New Albany beats Jeffersonville. Uh, Bulldogs have a real chance in the Hoosier Hills Conference. Matt, that'd be the first time the Hoosier Hills Conference was won outside of Columbus East in how many years? Yeah, just forever. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Chad you know, Gilbert. That's with, what I was going to say, 18, 19 years, so good, good for the Bulldogs. Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. We go through all things local here in southern Indiana. Chad, thanks for the chat today. Matt, another wrap for Hoosier Hills Hoops League at uh, Charlestown. Great job and great job on the outdoor tournament. Really appreciate everything you do for Southern Indiana sports. Thank you very much. Good fall league just finished yesterday up at Charlestown. 300 or so kids from the Southern Indiana area. That's going to wrap things up for this Monday program. Back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.